Welcome to the Link Podcast. This is Marlene. Um, on today's show, it's just going to be me today. Um, I'm going to be talking about what the last year has been for me personally dealing with the pandemic and being physically disabled. I wanted to give my perspective on what the last year has been, the good, the bad, um, everything in between, because what I've learned is everybody has dealt with it differently. And I wanted to give my perspective and maybe give some insight on what a lot of people are dealing with right now. I want to go through a brief timeline of when this all started. It's been about a year. The first case in Toronto, where I live, was in January 2020. That day actually also happened to be the day that I went with my sister Catherine and my niece to go to Disney on Ice. That's what I got her for Christmas that year. And so um, we went and I just remember there being the first, I guess, few people um, wearing masks. I don't feel like it really hit anybody yet, but I think there was, you could feel the change sort of, or something brewing, I, I guess is the best way to describe it. Progressively, I guess by February, um, the personal support workers that helped me in the mornings and during the evening and a little bit throughout the day, uh, they started wearing personal protective uh, equipment, PPE. So that meant, I think originally, like they've always worn gloves, but originally that meant a mask and gloves. And then it went from like mask, gloves, shield and gown. And that has been going on for a year now. I've never had a problem with them wearing it. I, I actually feel a lot safer that they wear it. There, there's very strict protocol with their disposal of the PPE. And like they bring up bags uh, that they throw out immediately after each booking. Um, they wear the mask that they wear. I think they wear most one throughout most of the day and depending on how long their shift is they uh get another one uh, oh and i guess i should also say they also um if they don't want to wear a shield they can also wear uh goggles so the majority of them wear the shield but some also wear goggles um instead so without going into major detail about i sort of living arrangements i'm gonna leave that for a separate episode but um, I want to explain sort of the way that I uh, receive care um, from this personal support workers. So I live in what is called supportive housing, uh, which is it's 24 hour a day care um, on site care. So the, there's an office on the main floor um, where the staff sort of are and they come up at various times throughout the day um, in the morning to help me um, get dressed and shower, all of those things. And the difference between what I get and long-term care is, so what I get is similar to home care. Uh, there is no contact uh, really with other clients. Um, we don't have like communal meals or anything like that, which is sort of what um, long-term care is like, which is basically like sort of deem as like a nursing home. I live in an apartment. And so it's very, very different from um, long-term care. And so 
I just wanted to explain that because uh, I know there have been questions. Um, I've had questions over the last year or so what the differences are. And this is actually one of the reasons why I've felt pretty safe uh, the last year during the pandemic is that, you know, they've been very, the staff have been great about using full PPE, you know, like I said, the gloves, the mask, the shields, the gowns, everything. Uh, so, and, you know, they, they change their PPE as soon as they come in, like they take, and they put new PPE as soon as they come in for my bookings and then they take it off when they leave. I feel like the risks are at least controlled. I wouldn't say they're minimal, but they're, they're definitely controlled. So, um, I just wanted to explain what that is like. Uh, yeah. And so that was February, 2020. Um, and then March 11th, 2020, that was when the world health organization declared COVID-19 as a pandemic. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you remember that day and, um, not really sure what it meant, but then progressively throughout, I, I would say within a 24 hour time frame. The shit hit the fan. So basically, um, that was March 11th. And then March 12th, that was my last day going to the office for work. I've been working from home for almost exactly a year. Uh, so I, I work with, uh, for my sister and, uh, she just was like, yeah, this is not safe. And because I take public transit to go to the office, um, she just said, no, work from home. And that was, so my last day was on Thursday, March 12th, 2020. And that was the day that everything basically shut down. That was when you started hearing about closures with the airports and with borders. And then, um, all any, uh, basically all businesses except for essentials were closed and on and on and on. So I don't want to go have to go through all of that, but because we all lived it, that was March 12th, almost exactly a year. Fast forward to December 2020, um, literally right after Christmas, I got an email saying that somebody, a staff, uh, one of the personal support workers from one of the locations, not mine that I live in, because Basically, I should explain that the attendant care company that I get care from um, has three locations. I was told just after Christmas uh, 2020 that one of the staff there uh, had tested positive for COVID-19. Now, fast forward about maybe not even a week. I think it was a, maybe a week just after New Year's. I guess the first within the first two weeks of January 2021, a total of four staff tested positive for COVID-19. And two of those people were from my location. And I believe one person was also a client. It was scary. I'm not going to lie. That was scary. But we kind of knew that there was a potential of it happening. And at that point, we were starting to hear about the different um, variants. And then there was community spread. I will always praise the staff here that, you know, up until that point, it, they, everything has been, was perfect. 
no major issues. Basically at that point, and what I was told was once two or more people test positive with COVID-19, you're considered to have an outbreak. So what ended up happening was in the month of January, I had to have two separate COVID tests done. Was it scary? Initially, yes. Was it that bad? No. It's quick. So anyone who hasn't had it done and is freaked out by it, the videos and what you see on TV makes it look really bad, but truly it's literally 15 seconds up the nose and out and it's, it's done. And as somebody who's had several tests and procedures done um, throughout my life, this is nothing. So after doing both of those COVID tests, each of them came back negative. So what ended up being super scary for a couple of weeks ended up working out. Luckily, after the second test, there have been no more cases. Knock on wood, this will continue. So right around that time too, I got an email from the management of attendant care, uh, actually the CEO of the attendant care saying that um, they were told to prepare to have everyone vaccinated for COVID. Well, we're now in March and I'm still not vaccinated yet. I was told by management it should be about two weeks. Um, We're down almost the second week of March. Still have not gotten vaccinated, but the staff have been. So I can't complain. I've always said throughout this entire process, I've told the staff this many, many times, I will feel safer once the staff get vaccinated because really there's no nobody I'm really seeing other than them. I haven't seen my family really. Um, and so I, it's the only people that I am coming in close contact to are the personal support workers that come and help me. So now that a lot of them have gotten their first shot, they're still waiting for their second. They, uh, I feel, I'm not going to, like, of course there's, we still need to, you know, protect ourselves and they're still using full PPE when they come in. But I personally feel a lot safer and I will feel even more safer um, once they get their second vaccine. That's sort of the timeline. Right now I'm just holding on and waiting to get, some email or some sort of notification from management saying that I'll be getting vaccinated soon. So hopefully that's uh, that'll happen in the next few weeks. I will definitely give an update once this happens. Now I just want to talk about like why I'm considered to be high risk. This is my reality. I, you know, anybody with a disability um, is considered high risk due to like different medical conditions. I have spina bifida, which means like I have a number of different medical conditions. One being that like I am incontinent and I'm at high risk of getting bladder and kidney infections. So my entire life I have been on an antibiotic simply because of that. I'm at high risk. I had scoliosis surgery when I was 13. It got, I got infected. I've been told by my family that I almost died. You know, I, I am high risk and technically have low immunity. The, I, I have PSWs that come into my apartment every single day. That 
makes it high risk. I, I know they try to be careful and everything, but it's still scary. Um, you know, they still have families. They're still out in the community. Really, that's my reality. I'm going to go through, like, the first, I want to say, three or four months of COVID or the pandemic were rough. They're very rough. I should start by saying, so most people um, assumed, like, I assume this, and I know a lot of people did, when the pandemic was declared and all the shutdowns happened, that it was only going to be a couple of weeks, maybe a month. Fast forward a year later, we've gone through multiple closures. And the first one lasted. It went from about March till things started to open up again in May, the end of May. Nobody sort of knew how this was going to go. And that for those first few months, actually basically right away, um, one of the first things I did uh, on the Friday after the pandemic was closed was go to the grocery store and get a shitload of like non-perishable foods. So like pastas and beans and canned goods like everybody did, I think, just to be prepared. After that, I stopped going to the grocery store. Um, I've been using Instacart, the online grocery store service since March. Um, it's been a lifesaver because it's been scary. Like the entire time, uh, the thought of going to the grocery store and being around people. I live in downtown Toronto. It's just, so I avoided it during that time too. I, uh, you know, the first, everybody was so scared and didn't know how what was happening. There was a lot of anxiety. There still is a lot of anxiety, but particularly in the first four or five months, it was really bad. I'd have staff, the personal support workers coming into my, um, my booking saying things like, Oh my God, we're going to die. We're all going to die. And, you know, hearing that first thing in the morning is a lot and anxiety inducing. I understand their fear. And I, I always try to be as sympathetic as possible. Like it, it was, a, it's a scary time and they're putting their lives at risk just to come in to, to help us. So there are definitely like, I get that. I absolutely get that. But there was just, there came a point where it just became a lot. And, you know, for the first few months, there was a point where I didn't leave the apartment for a total of 40 days. Um, I was terrified. I, you know, it just, was so scary to just the thought of being around other people. And I guess in my head, I just kept thinking, you know, if I get sick, I may not survive it. And I did, I was trying to do whatever I could to just not go out. Well, those 40 days, like after a while, like I started to realize my memory was shot. Like I would, you know, think about something. And then literally within a minute, I forget what I was like, what my train of thought was. And so that was bad. But that's when I realized like, I had to go out uh, just even once a week. I try to go out once a week, once every 10 days. I try to go out just to clear my mind and to get some fresh air and just to, you know, have like some feeling of normalcy and not feeling like you're cooped up. And in that time too, like I didn't see my parents. I didn't see my family. I think I went till July 
from March to July where I didn't see my parents. And like, this is a lot of people. It was hard. And so, you know, this is sort of what my reality is. Like, I should preface this and say, you know, I'm not trying to get sympathy. I just want to explain what this situation is like for somebody with a physical disability. I ha- I rely on people to assist me with my day-to-day life. And so I don't have a choice um, with, you know, being around people. Um, I have to. And... So it's been, it's been scary. There are times where it's just scary. I'm acutely aware that I'm immune compromised. Like I, I know if I, if I get COVID and I've had a lot of, of like my family say this to me, if I get it, I could, I very well could die. Um, and it sounds dramatic. Absolutely. It sounds dramatic. That is my reality. Like I just don't have a very good immune system. Like I said, I have to rely on the staff to come into my apartment and help me. Like when everyone is told to stay home, I have to have people come in. Like this is the way that my life is. Yeah, and then I'm having to rely on, you know, other people, just the general public to stay home so that I don't get sick, so that other people who are immune compromised, who are seniors, don't get sick. Like that sucks that you can't, you have no control over any of this. And, you know, you're told the narrative has been the entire time, you know, you need to support the senior or you need to protect the seniors. You need to protect, you know, the most vulnerable, but that's also meant, you know, just stay home. Like if you're, if you are a senior or immune compromised, just stay home. Don't go out. Well, and a lot of my doctor's appointments ha- were rescheduled or canceled. But, you know, I have specialist appointments throughout the year. I, you know, I do have to go out every once in a while. I have prescriptions I have to pick up. Like it, The reality is I, I can't always stay home. You know, this forced isolation um, because I'm um, immune compromised. You know, I'm not seeing my friends or family for a year. Like the narrative has been protect the weak. Well, shouldn't we just be protecting each other? Not just the weak. Everyone should be thinking about each other. Like this is why, you know, the anti-maskers and the, you know, the COVID deniers make me fucking crazy because at the end of the day, you know, I've put my life on hold for a year. I haven't, I've barely gone out for a year. I've barely seen anybody for a year because I'm being compromised. Yet these people are going out there and doing these protests for what? For their own selfish needs? I don't know. Anyways, before I get really pissed, I'm going to stop there. During COVID, I've sort of, especially after that first wave, or at least that first four or five months, um, I learned a few things as ways to cope with COVID. One of them is, you know, I made sure uh, that I talked to my family and friends regularly. Uh, The one thing that saved me, I I don't want to say saved me, but helped me was doing FaceTime calls, like video calls, just to be able to see other people and have like, it felt like, it feels like having a face-to-face conversation. And, you know, I have a couple of friends that I've been doing that regularly with, um, in the last 
year. And it's really, it's helped. It's, it improves my mental health and my mood. And it just makes me feel less isolated because let's face it, the last year I have felt like a lot of people really isolated. The loosening restrictions at the end of May, that helped. Uh, when I, like at that point, we were able to go out a little more. And then when the weather warmed up in the summer and the, our COVID numbers went down, I went out a lot more than I was, um, obviously with a mask and, you know, all of those, you know, being safe about it, but I went out a bit more. Um, I felt a bit safe, a bit safer. Fast forward to now and it's, we're back to, you know, lockdown mode. We've been in this in, like, in Toronto since November because our numbers have gone up again. So, you know, it's been up and down and really, I got to a point where I just accepted the new normal because really, you know, there wasn't anything we can do about it right now. Mask wearing is going to be a thing. Social distancing, I don't know if that will really, that shouldn't be a thing after everybody's vaccinated. But, you know, it's, there's just this way of life that we've had, we've had to deal with the last year. It's, it's our new normal. And so I've accepted that. Does it suck? Do I miss certain things? Of course, I miss going to restaurants. That was such a big part of my life. Um, I miss seeing my family, my friends. One thing I miss, concerts. I really want to go to a concert. And I realize it's probably not going to happen for a couple more, like at least another year. But I can be hopeful, right? Anyways, these are just ways that I've sort of, you know, tried to cope. But the big thing that I've done for myself, for my own mental health, has been therapy. I've, I started therapy back in June. Actually, it's funny because I had, when I started the Ling blog back in 2019, but I think it was towards the end of 2019, I talked to my doctor and I was just like, I think I need to speak to someone just about, you know, certain feelings I was having and some of the things I was writing, I had, I've written about in the blog, I think were deeply personal and just, you know, life experiences. So I just needed to, I wanted to talk to somebody about just my feelings surrounding all of that. Well, because of the pandemic, there was a delay in when I had my first appointment with my therapist. So actually looking back on it now, though, I, when I started, I started in June and, uh, that was honestly my saving grace. I think it, uh, it, it came at a great time. Um, I, I've really needed it. It's helped me. It's one of the reasons why I started the, the podcast. I actually feel like it's sort of weirdly given me this new sense of confidence. And, but I'm able to, like, I, when I talk to my therapist, I'm able to talk think through things and it's really helped me. So that's really has helped me cope and get through the last year because as we all know, it's been hard. And so I am trying to do what I can to, you know, make sure I get out of this. Okay. Not going to say I'm going to, it's going to be perfect. I'm not, I don't have any like false hope or anything or preconceived notions or anything like that. I just want to come out of this 
mentally healthy for the most part, or at least, like I said, okay. So to wrap this all up, I want to talk about, you know, just the last year. Like I said, like the, we have been in this like second wave, I guess this is the second wave of, and the second lockdown in Toronto since November. We're slowly getting the restrictions lifted this week, um, but we're still in it. We're still very deeply in it. So I feel like nothing much has changed other than we now have vaccines. I'm just waiting for mine. Uh, it's a game changer. Like I, I, you know, I talk to my personal support workers and I say like, this is a game changer. Um, the vaccines are a game changer. I'm not afraid of them. Um, I've always, I've said to, you know, a lot of people throughout my life, I've kind of been since I was born, just because of my disability and everything else, I've been a guinea pig. So, you know, I jokingly say, if the vaccine causes me to have a sixth toe, then I get a sixth fucking toe. I don't care. I just want my life back. I want to, I, I want to feel, and I know like restriction, there's still going to be some restrictions, but I want the fear to end. And that's my big takeaway from the vaccines and you know, that's the end game is I want the fear to go away. But I like, I guess it also, I also want to say, you know, it's okay if you feel tired or impatient or angry over the last year. It sucks. It's, this entire thing sucks. And, you know, I, I've gotten to a point, and I think this is through therapy, where I'm just like, you know what? It's okay to feel my feelings. And... So, yeah, that's the last year and my perspective on COVID in a nutshell. So, if you like what you're listening to, please support the Ling Podcast. You can email me any show ideas, um, comments. Please rate and review the show. Uh, we are available on all streaming platforms. We'll see you next week for the next show. And uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Bye.